So before we get started, there is a trigger warning for this episode as we are talking about eating disorders. So if you feel that you're struggling with your relationship with food and you're wanting to seek help, a great place to start is the Butterfly Foundation or with your doctor or an eating disorder specialized health professional. Hello and welcome to the Embody Health Podcast. We're Kira and Meg, your dietitian BFFs. We're here to help you break free of diet culture, become besties with food, and find peace with your body. Welcome back to another episode of the Embody Health Podcast. You're here with your co-host, Kia Pates and Megan Boswell. And today we're chatting all about we have a problem with what I eat in a day content. I have been wanting to do this episode for ages. It is definitely one that riles us up absolutely heaps. But before we get into it, Meg, how are you feeling? How's your week been? What are your rants and raves? Thank you for asking, Kia. My week has been pretty solid so far. Um, We are in week 11 out of 12 at my gym, so that means next week is testing week, so we're finding out what our one rep max is, so how heavy we can do like a squat or a deadlift or um, bench press for one rep. So I'm a little bit excited, a little bit nervous, I had to take some time off um, over this block because I got sick, but yeah, I'm very sore basically to answer your question. (laughs) You poor thing. It's a bit of a first world uh, problem to complain about. (laughs) But, you know, sore in a good way, you know, you're, you know, improving your bone density. Yes, yes, 100%. Improving my bone density, looking after myself in my old age. So, uh, yeah. Um, I should tell you about my rants and my raves, shouldn't yes, I? Yes, yes. Tell me. I want to hear them. Okay, so I'm going to start with my rant for today. So, um, something that happened recently was that I had a phone call with a doctor just checking in about a client and... They said to me, your client has had an eating disorder for many years and they're not going to get better. Mm. This made me feel really, really sad um, at the time and afterwards. I kind of reflected on it. And I think it's because of how much we talk about the importance of holding hope in recovery. And the truth is that even if someone has had an eating disorder for many years or they've been labeled as like a severe enduring case of having an eating disorder they can actually still recover and get better I know that like these things are often said I guess in the intention of being having realistic expectations but I think it can be very demoralizing and this is what I've seen online from people who have talked about it um, in Instagram posts and things and even clients they just feel really demoralized you know and if you don't believe in yourself and then your health professionals don't believe in you What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Like, you know, often, you know, where, well, I know for me, like, I'm always like, I'm your biggest cheerleader. You can do this. You can do this. And it is that holding hope is so important. Mm -hmm. Most important thing is that you're there, that you're showing up and that you envision a life for yourself that looks different and better. And that is possible. It might just move very differently for you than it does for someone else. Mm -hmm. So that's my rant. Um, my rave is that Kia offered me the most delicious crispy grapes right before this podcast episode. We love that it's grape season or coming into grape season. Yeah. So I am just filled with energy. I feel so refreshed. (laughs) It's perfect summer fruit. I am obsessed with grapes. Like I 
like when I was in high school, my friends would pay me out about how much I ate grapes. Like I would just the grape buy, girl. The Did grape, you get any on, nicknames? Yeah, honestly, like I would like buy like the kilo packets and just eat a whole packet of grapes. Like right, like nowadays I don't eat as like I'm not as much of a fruitarian diet type oh, person. Oh gosh, that reminds me of freely the banana. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I came across it. But we can delve into that, that on another day. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely another day. But other than that, I still love grapes and. To be fair, I would still probably eat a whole packet of grapes. No regrets, because they are the best fruit ever. Yeah. That's my rant and my rave. Kia, how has your week been? What are your rants? What are your raves? Um, My week's been pretty good. Nothing super exciting to report. Feeling a little bit more tired this week. Um, And that is the joy of pregnancy in general. I've just been super tired, super exhausted. Um, And because of that, I guess my kind of rave actually that comes out of that is the fact that I've been really trying to work hard on self-care. I love that for you. Yes, I love that for me. So previously I was definitely a person who probably wouldn't take enough rest and would feel a lot more guilty about resting um, or not doing work. Whereas now, and look, having Skylar and just listening to my body and seeing a psychologist, all these great things, um, all kind of have just made me really value the importance of rest and listening to my body. So I've been trying to do that a little bit more, trying to eat more mindfully when I am eating, especially breakfast, because I often used to eat in front of the computer, just doing work, whereas now I'm like, no, Kia, like, let's take a break, go sit on the deck, um, like, you know, journal while I'm eating my breakfast, cook myself something nice, and then also, like, try and do a few little walks here and there as well. So, you know, I would still like to do more things, have a bath, you know, relaxing, stuff like that. But, you know, I think it's a really good start um, for someone who probably doesn't do enough self-care but always talks about self-care with their patients. The difficulty is practicing what mm. we preach sometimes. It's uh, uh, do what I recommend, not as I do. But, you know, both you and I are trying to do a little bit better with that. Yes. Work-life balance, self-care, <laughs> all of those things. Yep. Well, Meg and I are literally constantly talking about how can we be better people and um, you know, look after our mental health better. Um, I guess the rant I do have was like on the same line of pregnancy. It is amazing how many people comment on your body all the freaking time. It's so irritating. Considering like, it's no one's business. It's no one's business. And like, okay, to like, you know, devil's advocate here you know they're not really saying like they're not saying it out of saying something mean or nasty but it doesn't matter if someone's saying oh wow you're so big or oh you're so small um you know that it just makes you question yourself either way like Mm. if you're kind of if they're like oh like you can barely tell you're pregnant you're like oh my gosh is something is something wrong like am i not growing well enough my baby not growing well enough and same if like if people are like oh you're so big um which I got a lot in last pregnancy as well um you know you're again it's the same sort of question you're like oh is there something wrong why Mm -hmm. am I shouldn't be this big but you know what everyone's body is different everyone holds their baby different everyone gains weight differently you know it's it's different from person to person so um yeah don't comment on people's bodies whether they're pregnant or not and actually don't touch people's bodies Mm. i haven't really had that too much this time but last pregnancy i had a lot of people just randomly touch my belly and i'm like i would just i don't know like how do you deal with that you just go ah 
yeah, and like literally, run away. Like, literally, literally, you have to be like, oh, okay. Try uh, and make someone feel uncomfortable mm, so they don't do it to someone else. Yeah, exactly. Like it'd be random people. Um, and again, they're probably not meaning any harm by it, but like it's still a bit uncomfortable to just get touched. Being when, pregnant does not give you give people a, a universal right to put their hands on you. Yeah, exactly. Consent, people. Consent, consent, consent. Um, okay, but let's get into today's episode. Let's start by chatting about what what I eat in a day content actually is. Chances are that you've probably come across it before if you're on the socials, but if you haven't, it's essentially content. It could be um, like static posts or videos or like vlogs and things showing everything someone eats in a day. Um, oftentimes it's from different influences of different backgrounds. So it could be like a nutritionist, a dietitian, probably not that often though, a dietitian or like a naturopath, a health and lifestyle or wellness influencer, different kinds of coaches, um, personal trainers. Or honestly, people on their own food and health journey as well. Like I find a lot of, like I'm just thinking back to kind of one I used to watch a lot of what I eat in a day videos and I was kind of experiencing disordered eating behaviors and I would just go and have a look at all these like weight loss ones and you know that's a whole you know rabbit hole that you can get into yeah Um, yeah Um, originally a lot of this content was focused a bit more around I guess different recipes to be provided meal prep ideas inspiration but I think it's definitely evolved over the years to be maybe a little bit more sinister to Mm -hmm. put it that way yeah there's definitely some benefits though to what I eat in a day like uh, videos like I definitely think sometimes you know you can get really good food ideas like meal and snack ideas different recipe inspiration um I know kind of when I was first eating a plant-based diet myself um you know it would be really good just to kind of go okay what do I even eat when you kind of come from a background of not eating that you're like oh that's what I could have for breakfast lunch dinner or snack so it can give you inspiration in that well Mm. way yeah um I guess in terms of other ways in which it it can still be beneficial sometimes if it's coming from the right person maybe someone who has like quite a healthy relationship with food it can provide role modeling for eating enough Mm -hmm. in a day Mm -hmm. I guess as opposed to a lot of the weight loss focused ones are very low calorie options but it could either promote um like eating enough or some like or like just eating more in general or having an all foods fit approach so maybe they do include like cake and chocolate alongside fruit and vegetables and they don't ban any foods from their diet that could be positive Mm, definitely but there are some downsides as well I think the first one that I'd always like to rant about is the fact that it always starts with an ab shot or like Mm. some sort of like Mm -hmm. some kind of body checking behavior in the mirror like why guys like why does it always start with an ab shot yeah and sometimes it can be a little bit more subtle so if it's not someone like holding their stomach and posing it could be shots of them where they're standing in a certain way where it's obvious that they have a thigh gap or they're like tensing or maybe like an image of them in the gym so it's like fitspo and I guess the the issue we have with this is that immediately creates a thought that okay if I eat this way and follow that person's diet I'm gonna look like them Mm -hmm. which we know is completely incorrect because food metabolizes and everyone's body is differently everyone needs a different amount of food every day um so just because you eat exactly the same as someone else doesn't mean that your body shape will be the same as someone else absolutely I mean we know that even in terms of like 
diversity and bodies amongst human beings we like to use the dog park analogy you know when you go to a dog park you might see some poodles maybe like a rottweiler and maybe like bigger dogs like um like a boy collie great dane for example and we don't look at the dogs and think oh the the poodle is wrong because it's a smaller dog we know that within humans i was actually um listening to a podcast about some research the other day, you know, as you do, they're talking about how something like 85% of our um, BMI, not that we love BMI, but can be accounted for by genetic factors. Mm. That is massive. So much of how we look is purely genetics. Mm -hmm. And we can't change our genetics. You know, you can count as, you know, like try follow the quote unquote perfect diet and follow a strict exercise routine regime to change your body type but you know when genetics are just taking account for the majority of what we look like every day you know kind of it's like you know let's try and be a bit more peaceful towards our body bit kinder bit kinder yeah, yeah. um i guess are, some yeah well yeah what are some <laughs> other downsides kia um it can really cause you to compare yourself to others as well so you know both from the starting the um starting with the body checking you know it can make us go okay i don't look like that i should look like that i'm not good enough Um, but then also from the food perspective it can make you feel really insecure about what you're eating whether you're you know potentially worried you're not eating enough or you're potentially worried that you're eating too much um and that um you know because you again don't look like the person at the start of the frame um again you're not you're not good enough for that and we again know that's not true Yeah. And that every single person needs a different amount of food each day. So everyone has a slightly different like metabolism, different energy needs, all of those things that are going to affect how much food you actually need. So you can't really compare your food intake directly to someone's intake that you see on Instagram or TikTok. Mm. And again, it's it's very unrealistic. It's so unrealistic that they eat like that every day. I know both you and I post on like Instagram, like food photos. Um, but a lot of the time when I post food photos, I don't actually eat that portion. I probably eat a completely different portion to the one that I photoed just because sometimes when you're taking photos of food, it looks better being pre- presented in a different way. Um, I don't really take photos of food as much these days, but um, you know, it's not it's not accurate what you see on there is not is not true and so that's just the case with food photos so you know it's always going to be a highlight yeah. reel yeah just like almost everything on instagram is a highlight reel the the day of eating that you get shown is going to be perfectly manipulated or curated to get a certain message across even it's a, a day of eating where they show that they're eating like a piece of cake alongside everything else. We don't know what thoughts or feelings they have about that cake, mm. whether they even reduce their calorie intake on the following day to make mm. up for the cake or anything like that. We don't know anything about the relationship with food behind the scenes or what else goes on across the rest of the week. Mm, definitely. Um, it can promote a lot of eating disorder and disordered eating behavior as well, like calorie counting. I know I've seen so many what I eat in the day that are horrific. Like their calories are so low, way lower than what you need to function as a human. Uh, and people are listing off the calories of every single food. Um, so really, really big 
guess disordered like promoting disordered eating um but tried to be framed in this area of oh i'm trying to look after myself i'm trying to lose weight Mm. or whatever it is um sometimes we might see um calorie counts alongside a specific amount of exercise too mm -hmm. which can subtly indicate that maybe you should be trying to burn off your calories or putting an x amount of exercise to compensate or something like that and also just on that calorie count front we've seen what i eat in a day videos where the calorie specific like to the like to the single like digit 243 when we know that that is like calories are wildly inaccurate like so wildly inaccurate that you know just putting the spe- specific calories on there is is more damaging than beneficial yeah it gives us a kind of an immediate little ping or a red flag that this person might be a little bit numbers focused or mm-hmm. tracking a little bit obsessively or doesn't have I guess enough education on nutrition and calories to know that it's not actually accurate down to the gram Mm. it can also promote certain diets as well so you know using super low fat products or artificially sweetened and based diets or low carb or super high protein or whatever kind of diet is the flavor of the month as well and really excessive supplementation Mm. like in a lot of these what i eat in a day videos there are so many different expensive supplement pills powders potions why do they always start off with like this picture of like the (laughs) it's always starting this picture of the shower like and it's always that really nice shower you know starting then they do their their face routine while they're mixing in their glass jar or maybe they're doing uh, some oil pulling yeah and then they've got all like their greens powder mixed in and greens powder plus collagen of yes, course of it's got to be collagen can't forget the collagen it's always the same always starts off the day with like that and it's like and they don't even necessarily eat breakfast i'm like i would be absolutely starving by 10 a.m if i were you yeah i know i liked in i ate breakfast later today at like what 7 30 and i was starving i was like i i was definitely like a 10 on the hunger level oh sorry <laughs> a one on the hunger level scale i was like need to eat now starving hungry like lightheaded yeah so we want to avoid excessive supplementation mm-hmm. Um, they can encourage skipping meals as well or um, things like coffee or coffee. supplement drinks. Coffee is not a meal, FYI, guys. Mm-hmm. Coffee it's is not, not even a, a snack necessarily on its own. Mm-hmm. Most people use it as a snack. It can have slightly probably appetite suppressing mm-hmm. properties because of the um, caffeine potentially. Mm-hmm. But it's just a glass of milk. So when we talk about balanced snacks, we want a couple of food groups paired together. Mm-hmm. It can also encourage burning off food with exercise. So again, Mm -hmm. creating that mentality that you have to earn what you eat, um, which is completely not true. You don't have to earn what you eat. Yeah. And I think the thing that we want to come back to is that there's always going to be an agenda behind these videos, whether it's, um, I guess, a positive and really wholesome agenda trying to promote, you know, like a healthy relationship with food, or it's an agenda that is maybe really focused on trying to sell you something that's something that we want to want to watch out for we want to think what is this person selling and are they trying to create fear or trying to create this image that if i do x y and z i'm going to look like them or be like them yeah so have a look and see if like any brands are tagged in the in the in caption or instagram or youtube or tiktok or whatnot um because yeah then you can tell they're selling something and that's kind of why that they're why they're doing this um but 
in Australia, I don't think it's illegal in Australia to not declare ads, but in America, you have to legally declare if you're being sponsored for a post. Um, I think, so most places, like hmm. most places across the board now, generally do that anyway, even though it's not a legal requirement here. I know with um, Tribe, you always have to disclose it's an mm-hmm. ad. Oftentimes, companies now, when they're doing deals with influencers or collaborations, will say that the influencer also needs to disclose it. Because mm-hmm. so, I think things are changing. Yeah, I can't remember if they've made it mandatory. I did think that perhaps it was mandatory. I don't think it is. Anyway, we'll fact check this. We'll but fact people check. should be doing it regardless. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, so in terms of how to navigate this across social media, there's kind of three main questions that we want to ask yourself. So start with how does watching this content make me feel? Do you feel inspired, excited to go try a new recipe? Um, do you feel good about yourself or do you feel like this is going to get you back on the diet bandwagon? And you need to, you know, cut down your calories or avoid certain foods or limit things. Does it create any fear or anxiety around eating? And that's a sign that you should unfollow that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, second question is, what's the background of this person? So are they a dietitian? You know, do they promote having a good, healthy relationship with food? Or is there kind of signs that they have disordered eating themselves potentially? Um, you know, are they potentially coming from a place of privilege? There's a lot of different factors that, um, you know, may influence, you know, whether that person's a reputable source of information on Instagram. Mm. Um, and so definitely things to look out for. Yeah. And I would say that acknowledgement of privilege is really important, but rarely done. Mm. I don't often see people talking about the fact that they maybe have like a, a life or work schedule where they can make home cooked meals from scratch three times a day or they were raised in a family where they had um, nutrition knowledge and good food and things provided to them that they otherwise, like other people might not have had access to. Or their genetics just genetics. make them look like the way they are. Yep. Or, or money if they're like really financially well off. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's important. And a lot of this content can be really out of touch with the average person and what they can afford like I'm not out here buying like chia seeds and acai powder and spirulina and five million supplements because I have a food budget yeah and that stuff is way too expensive although I do love my chia seeds oh, I love yeah. my chia pudding actually I don't know why I included chia seeds chia seeds are okay yeah. goji berries goji berries yeah. I would put that in the kind of superfood category and they actually taste terrible like I don't know <laughs> how really I managed to convince myself for so long that they were tasty because they're not they're not tasty at all overhyped um i guess kind of we've already kind of covered this a little bit but can we spot any disordered eating or body image red flags with this person as well so sometimes the person might not know themselves that they're experiencing disordered eating but hopefully you've listened to our podcasts and you might be able to spot them in social media yourself as well yep Um, You can consider yourself a little bit of a diet culture detective with all of the knowledge that we've talked about. Yeah. So again, you know, if any of the pages that you follow are making you feel not worth or not good enough as a person, um, not good within your body, that you need to do better, um, you know, you can always click unfollow and we highly, highly recommend that you do that. Yep. Otherwise, if if it's someone that you don't want to um, offend, you can always mute their account or posts um, or stories. 
And you can also ask Instagram to show less content like that. So I think it's just where, I don't know, when you go to like more options, probably like the three little dots at the top of a, a photo in the explore page. I'm pretty sure you can now say, show me less content like this, just like you can do on TikTok as well. Mm, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, should we do a little wrap up? Yeah. So in summary, we talked about what I eat in a day content, what it actually is, um, what are some of the benefits in terms of recipe inspiration or maybe promoting like an all foods fit approach. We chatted about some of the downsides that, you know, can really cause us to compare um, against other people. um, And it's often pretty unrealistic to begin with. Um, We talked about how to navigate coming across it on social media. So a few questions to ask yourself, which include how does watching the content make you feel? What is the background of the person? And can you spot any disordered eating or body image red flags? We hope you've loved the episode. And if you have, don't forget to give us a rating and review. We love reading them. It honestly makes our day. Um, And you can also follow us at Embody Health. So I-M-B-O-D-I Health on Instagram, on TikTok. And if you want to join our mailing list, you can www.embodyhealth.com. We can't wait to see you next episode. Thanks for being here. Bye. Bye.